everybody, you're listening to so many sequels. I am Josh. I'm Andrew. And I'm Garrett. And I'm Garrett. Well, we have two of them. I guess. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> the true story is we don't have any Garretts. Those were both a lie. He's um, not here today. He's not with us on this particular episode, but we'll be back next week for Mission Impossible 3. So let's just jump right into Mission Impossible 2. Uh, I didn't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a pretty forgettable one. Yeah, it's a cookie cutter it's of a, a movie if I've ever seen one. It's a run-of-the-mill action movie. And, I, and not even that good of one. It's no. just okay. Yeah, I mean, it's very surprising considering that John Woo directed it. Because I, I'm i a personal fan. I, I love John Woo movies. Mm-hmm. And I think John Woo is a, is a great fit for this. But on the whole, this just didn't work. It really didn't. No, it just... It doesn't stand out in any way for me. No. It... You know, Tom Cruise is fine. Mm-hmm. He's still good. The story is really... Eh. He's like trying to stop a, uh, a chemical weapon from, from being used, basically. Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah. Um, it starts out with... Someone is actually wearing an Ethan Hunt disguise. Mm-hmm. So they use his identity to to get a hold of this, and they they believe a uh, former IMF agent is involved. Turns out he is. So they recruit a team of people, including Tom Cruise, a couple other people, and uh, the ex girlfriend yeah. of the former IMF agent, who Tom Cruise ends up be, ends up with by the end. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a run of the mill action movie. Yep, that's the general gist of it. Not nothing to write home about. Yeah. Um. Is there anything you could take away that you liked from this? Mm, Tom Cruise, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I liked him in it as much as I did in the last one. Yeah. I could have done without his weird long hair. <laughs> I thought that was awfully the he, year 2000 of him. He had a mop head. He did, and I wasn't sure why. Yeah. Um, I mean, the you know that beginning scene is kind of, is kind of fun where he's mountain climbing, mm-hmm. and he's like... He's doing it very not safely. Yeah. <laughs> He's just jumping around from rock to rock and he almost falls. That was an intense scene, and I like that. Um, that's about it from then on. Um, it's interesting you bring that up because he he really did that. Like, he scaled that wall. He he's sca- a, he he's a crazy that. man. And his fall was not scripted. And it was very scary for for the production crew because he could have he fallen to his death. Like, he nearly did. And they were able to capture it, capture it the way it was. Wow. But, um... You gotta be careful, Tom. Yeah. I mean, it's... Do I think the movie has its moments? Eh, kind of. I mean, like, <laughs> that that definitely was one of them. Um, the motorcycle chase was okay. I... I didn't like that. Okay. I laughed out loud at it because it was so ludicrous. Yeah. But it's like, ugh, I don't know. It's kind of fun. The part when when they're coming at each other and they both jump off their motorcycles and like grab each other in midair and then like roll around in the dirt is when I laughed. Okay, it's like all right, all right. now you're just trying to outdo a, your own motorcycle chase. <laughs> it was kind of cool, but it didn't quite. It, it was a little too funny for me. I did like the reveal at the end whenever they when Stamp brought Hunt in. Uh, when they thought that Hunt has broken his jaw and they uh-huh. kept shooting him up, and then they reveal that it's not it's not Hunt, it's actually Stamp. Yeah, and Stamp was Hunt all along. 
I like that. I really, really like that. So um, far in these first two movies, there's a lot of identity crises going on. Yeah. Who's who? You don't know. They might be wearing a really well-made mask. Mm-hmm. A creepily well-made mask. Yes. In terms of that Tom Cruise mm-hmm. mask that Sean Ambrose, was that his name? Yeah. Was wearing at the beginning. And then, of course, the, the John Voight mask in, in MI1 mm-hmm. was also very well done. Yeah. So that first, uh, to compare to the first one... You know, the first one also had sort of a generic, convoluted story, but it shined in it came its together. moments. Yeah, it came together. It had high-intensity moments, high-octane moments. It had some really wild uh, action sequences. Mm-hmm. And this one felt like it was just trying to outdo it, mm-hmm. but didn't really put... It didn't seem to put a lot of real thought into it, maybe. I don't know. Because, you know, in my one, you got that laser scene where Tom is lowering. Yeah. And then you got the, the the gum thing. You got the helicopter on the train. And this one, you didn't get that as much. No. I never really felt a, a moment of real intensity in it. Not of the same degree. No. And there's not, I mean, yeah, the, the intensity is definitely lowered here. I think what they replaced with this movie... If anything, is that they wanted to budget it. I mean, we, we've been repeating this, but they really wanted to, like, make this into an action movie that people could watch. Mm-hmm. And it would appeal, I mean, it would appeal to broader audiences because Tom Cruise, by then, was a pretty well-established action star. And we wanted to see him, like, do action. So when you get Tom Cruise and you get you get Tom Cruise and you get John Woo in the same, in the, in the same plane... Something is bound to happen, and we see a lot of the same tricks. I mean, if you know who John Woo is, you know his, you know what he's known for. He's known basically for uh, uh, dual wielding guns and doves. Yeah, and we see a lot of that. I mean, there's there's no shortage of that. So we do see a lot of bullets fly. There's some decent action scenes, but man, oh man, this story sucked. I lo- but I will say this. I will say this. <laughs> Is I loved the Chimera and the Bellerophon mm-hmm. because Greek mythology. If any of you read that, I mean it's, I mean it, it, it does tie in pretty well, and I I find it ironic that there's like a virus is named Chimera, and the cure's name is Bellerophon. Right. I think that's I think it's kind of uh, nifty. So I was looking to see what kind of high profile behind the scenes changes they made between one and two and there was it's like an entirely new creative team on mi2 uh, mission impossible was directed by brian de palma was written by uh david kep and robert town also steven zillion has Zillian. a story credit yeah so david kep has written a lot of stuff uh-huh. we talked about that in the last episode i'm not really familiar with the others but mi2 what were you going to say? I was going to say that Robert Town is actually an Oscar winner. Oh, really? For what? And, and actually, know? Steven's Alien's an Oscar winner. Robert Town won for Best uh, best Screenplay for Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And oh. Steven's Alien won for Schindler's List. Okay. So this was, a, a I thought, a better written movie. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 2 has an interesting tie to the future. It was uh, Its screenplay is by Robert Town, but story was by Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Braga, who... Uh, do did a lot of work in Star Trek TV in the 90s. 
They wrote episodes, they're, they're a writing team and did episodes of The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, and maybe even some of the films, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they have a lot of Star Trek ties, which is interesting, because starting with MI3, mm-hmm. we get some future Star Trek ties with J.J. Uh, Abrams directing. He goes on to direct Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, and Al, oh, oh gosh, what are Simon. their names? Well, Simon Pegg, yeah, Simon Pegg is and... stars, but I was going with the writers. Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orkey. Is that how it's Roberto said? Okay. Roberto, Roberto. Yeah. Uh, they also both wrote the Star Trek sequels. Mm-hmm. Alex Kurtzman works on Star Trek Discovery for CBS All Access. So there's a lot of Star Trek tie-in to Mission Impossible that I didn't quite realize until now that we're jumping right into it. So that's fun. Uh, I'm sure we'll go into that. In the future? Um, in the future. Yeah, probably. The next movie. Is there any... Oh, gosh... I don't even know what to say because I I really don't have any other best scenes. This was not you know? this, this was not a movie that we like we jumped out of our chairs for. No, we, didn't, we was, didn't really care for it. It's really forgettable, honestly. I remember when I I mean I do remember when I saw this. Uh, I remember when I saw this back in two thousand, and it's back then. You know, like it was the movie, sure, and it, and it was a popular movie, and I, I and I'll admit that I liked it. It has not aged well. Yeah, I mean, eighteen years later, it has not aged well, and. Uh, I'm ashamed to admit that I saw this more than once, but uh, the second time we actually had to cut it short because there was a tornado warning going off in the town that I was living in, and they told us to leave the theater. You are not destined to watch it. No, apparently not. I don't remember the first time seeing it. I think I had, mm-hmm. but I don't really remember it. Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, kind of, kind of forgettable yeah, for me. It's very just bland. I mean, in terms of story, but. Yeah, and there's not a lot of connection. Like, uh, uh, Tom Cruise and, and, and Ving Rhames are the only characters who return from the first one. And it looks like that plays pretty much the way for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Mission Impossible all the way up to Mission Impossible Fallout that was released this year, Tom Cruise and Ving Rhames are the only ones who have been in every movie. So there's, there's a lot of change-ups each time. Good on them. Yeah, good on them. And also Anthony Hopkins. His his cameo, I love Anthony Hopkins personally, but sure. like, uh, I mean, his cameo was a little confusing, but at the same time, because he, in the entire series, this is the only time you ever see him. Yeah. Like, you don't see him any other time, so I don't know what the deal is there. I didn't either. I thought this, you know, I haven't, I was trying to look and see if I, re- I mean, I've heard of John Woo. I can't really think of if I've seen a lot of his movies. He did, I mean, he's done a lot of, let's see, his, one of his, US, one of his first U.S. movies was uh, Hard Target, which, okay. which starred Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. uh, Broken Arrow, yeah. which starred John Travolta mm-hmm. and Christian Slater, mm-hmm. Face Off, which is probably his, probably one of his most popular movies, um, probably one of his most critically acclaimed and then this and he did a movie called wind talkers he did a movie called paycheck and he's done a slug of like hong kong films he was uh two of his movies that he's known for is hard-boiled and the killers okay so interesting and hard-boiled is really good okay and and also a better tomorrow a better tomorrow is awesome well, there you go. You you know a lot of them. I don't know many of those. I do like. I know some of them. Uh, I, I I don't know if this is like 
did this movie kind of look like a John Woo movie? Mm-hmm. Because I thought there were aspects of this movie that looked really too cheesy to me. And yeah. I was wondering if that's his thing or if that's a product of the time. He used... No, no, no. He uses a lot of... He emphasizes, as we mentioned before, the dual-wielding guns and the doves. But he also... His his action is very stylized. Mm-hmm. So we see a lot of slow motion. Okay. Which... Slow motion during action scenes kind of throws me off a little bit. Yeah, but tell that uh, to Zack Snyder. Well, here's something else. <laughs> it's funny you mention that. Is that while I was watching this movie, this go around, I got a heavy Zack Snyder vibe. Yeah, like it just it felt too much like Zack Snyder, like just like kind of ghosted in here and be like, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. But interesting. Needless to say, I don't like Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah, we're not big fans <laughs> over here at So Many Sequels Podcast. But um, but yeah, I mean that's uh in 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 terms of his style, uh, John Woo's style. Oh yeah, this this definitely rings all those bells. All right, well, all right then. So let's take a look at the box office, shall we? It made a lot of money. It did make a good amount of money. I mean, for um, the time, for the time. Sure, sure. It was the number three highest grossing movie of two thousand. This movie came out May 24th of 2000. That's probably Memorial Day weekend, huh? MI2 made $57 million in its opening weekend, coming in at number one. Um, Other movies that came out that week include uh, Big Mama's Mama's House. House. (laughs) Remember Dinosaur? I do remember Dinosaur. I don't think I liked that. I didn't care for it. uh, It's not a Pixar movie. It's not a Pixar movie. No, no. But, uh... It's certainly, the trailer is what sold me on that, and it was, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't great, but, eh, it's the reason why we're not talking about it now. <laughs> because it wasn't so great? It wasn't great at all. Uh, what was it? This was a Disney movie? It was a Disney movie. What were they doing? Visually really intrigued great. in this. It looked great. I mean, huh. it, Do they like, talk? Yeah, they all talk. What? Yeah, they all talk. I'm gonna have to watch a trailer for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. <laughs> Shanghai Noon, Gladiator, Road Trip, Frequency. I love Frequency. It's a it's a great movie. Gla- Gladiator is great. Small Time Crooks, U five seven one. Also great. Center Stage. That's the top ten. Not a lot of not a lot of movies in that. How can we forget <laughs> Shanghai Noon? Right, right. How could we? Best damn movie in the history of ever. Isn't that right? Uh, Mission Impossible went on to gross two hundred and fifteen million dollars worldwide. No, no, not worldwide. Domestically. Yeah. Domestically. It is, uh, to this day, the highest grossing Mission Impossible film. That's surprising to me. It is surprising. But we'll have to see if Fallout catches up. All right, I guess now we can go ahead and take a look at guessing the old Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh. You gotta guess. I'm gonna guess 50%. Okay. I'm gonna guess 56. 57. 57. All right, I uh, win, I guess. I win by losing. All right, and even wow. Yeah, the, uh, user the score also not great. It's yeah. forty three. So people aren't loving this movie, no. which is you know it's not that great. Yeah, it's uh, it's really just pretty forgettable. It's- I'm kind of surprised it did so well in two thousand. Let's look at what other movies. The I know the Grinch came out that year. Everybody was loving on that. There's also Castaway. Yeah, and Gladiator. Gladiator. What Women Want, The Perfect Storm, Meet the Parents, X-Men, Scary Movie, What Lies Beneath, Holy Moly, that is a terrible year. Yeah. 
there's not a lot in the top 10 highest grossing films of 2000 that I would want to revisit. I mean, Castaway is great. I could take or leave The Grinch. I mean, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Gladiator doesn't do it for me. The Perfect Storm. Was that good? I felt like people don't like that. Here's, here's Meet the Parents is hilarious. Here's say that. Meet the Parents is hilarious. Yeah, I forgot about Meet the Parents. Yeah, I wonder if it's on this list. It probably is. But the Perfect Storm, I liked it because this. I mean, <laughs> Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible had the action. The Perfect Storm had the intensity. <laughs> like I felt like that movie was intense for what it was, but the movie. The problem with the movie is is that it's kind of inaccurate. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Have you seen it? Years ago, okay. I would... Well, here's here's what I don't like, is that the storm is real. The Andrea Gale, Gale is real. The people on it are real. Uh, the, people who, the people never came back, so we can only assume that they're dead. But the problem is, is that most of that movie, from the time they leave the port up until the time they encounter the storm is completely fictionalized. That's, that's a lot of movie. It's a lot of movie. That's, we don't know is true. <laughs> well, I guess we couldn't know, could we? Nope. If everyone didn't make it back, yeah. there's no one to tell it. Well, um, before we wrap up, you got anything else going on? You seen any other uh, not-sequel movies lately? Anything? <laughs> uh, here recently I saw, about? here recently I saw, uh, Three Identical Strangers. Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to catch that. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it because it is... It is just... It's incredible, strange, and sad all at the same time. Documentary, right? It's a documentary Mm -hmm. about three... About three identical triplets. Three identical uh, people who are triplets, who were born triplets, who were separated at birth. And they didn't find each other until they all went to college. Wow. And this was 1978, so this was viral before the internet was even the internet. It's interesting. It's an interesting story. We're going to have to check that out. It's even more interesting what happened to all of them. Yeah. So. Well, don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil anything. I went and saw Christopher Robin recently, and I didn't love it. Why not? I found it really gloomy. Ew. It was melancholy. Melancholy is the word I think I would descri- that would describe it best for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it has this message of don't forget about your childhood. Don't get too caught up in your adult life that you forget about your family and the things you care about. Don't lose your imagination. But it just didn't... I don't think the message is quite landed for me. Okay. Because of the, the melancholy nature of it. You know, it starts out kind of a bummer. It's very... It's 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 a lot like Hook. The Robin Williams movie, whereas much like Peter Pan, Christopher Robin has grown up. He has left the Hundred Acre Wood. He has become this busy businessman who means serious business all the time. Yeah. And out of the blue, Pooh shows up. And he needs Christopher Robin's help finding his friends and in turn finding um, what Christopher Robin really cares about. So it's a very similar message. But where Hook was fun, Christopher Robin is a little. Meh. What time place? What time frame does it take? Oh gosh, I want to say the forties or fifties, because at one it's it's at one point Christopher Robin goes to war. 
Okay. They don't show it, but like he goes off to war and he yeah. comes back a serious, busy businessman. Okay. But I wasn't positive if it was World War One or two. I want to. It's probably two. Okay. Makes more sense. So it's just kind of sad. I don't know. Yeah. It well, didn't really give me the happy feels. You know, what a bummer. I know. I know, right? Well, I think that does it for us this week. We spent more. We spent just as much time on Christopher Robin and Three Identical Strangers as Mission Impossible Two. It just wasn't that fun. No, I mean Mich- final thoughts. Wasn't that fun? Yep. I would. I mean, what would you get? Like, well, I forgot. We need to give it our own. Our own. Here's what I'll. Here's what I'll give it right now is uh, one out of five indestructible messages. There you go. How about you? I would give it. I can't. I can never remember what I give previ- other other movies to like try to keep it up to scale. I would probably give it a one and a half. It just is boring. It's kind of boring. That's it. That's all there is to it. I'm excited, though, for Mission Impossible 3 next week because we got... It's J.J. Abrams' first movie. His directorial directorial debut is Mission Impossible 3. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, he did television before that. This is his first movie he's ever directed. So Mm -hmm. we're excited to see that. I hear that it kind of rejuvenates the franchise a bit. I hear it's a lot better. So we'll see. Next week is Mission Impossible 3. You can find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod and on Instagram, just search so many sequels pod. You can listen to us, tell your friends to listen to us on Apple Music, or not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out with the algorithms, I think, and all that stuff. Helps more people find us. We like good reviews, so. We like listening to you. We like listening to you. So go ahead to our Facebook page again. That's facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. Leave a comment on our post about this particular episode and our past episodes. We do enjoy hearing from you. We've heard from several people in the past about uh, when we've been right and when we've been wrong and what you think. So that's all been really fun to, to watch and read and engage with you with. Until then. The next time we let you know where we are, we won't be on holiday.